Okay, to the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network, uh, where we on this program talk about local Catholic news and events. And uh, I'm really excited to introduce this guest uh, who I have spoken to before. Perhaps uh, you know of him. He was highlighted recently, he and his family, in a Dallas Morning News cover story uh, about uh, his the daughter that they lost a couple of years ago uh, to illness, which we're going to be talking about a lot. Uh, his name is Dr. Caesar Turner. And he is a local pediatrician, also serves as the associate medical director at Parkland Hospital. And uh, his daughter is Reese Termulo, who died on January 10th of 2020. Uh, who died suddenly of an illness, which we'll talk about, and also a Bishop Lynch Memorial Scholarship that is um, has been uh, set up for Reese, which you'll want to know about, and we'll talk about the Catholic Medical Conference as well, which is coming up on March 26th. So a lot of ground to cover, and uh, Dr. Termulo, thanks for being on the program with me today. Thanks, Dave. I so much appreciate your work and all that you do for Catholic Radio. You know, thank you very much. I remember because I've known you for a number of years. And so when this news hit that your daughter Reese was ill and then eventually passed away, like I said, on January 10th, it was such a shock. Uh, this was really before COVID, and I, I don't know if this was COVID related or not, but it was just uh, for a young, uh, you know, a beautiful girl in in high school in the prime of her life just dying was such a shock to everybody uh take us back to that time and what would, what would you like to share about Reese and uh, you, you know that that period of time for for you and your family sure um so Reese Reese was a girl that um she first of all she was 16 uh she was completely healthy uh she had no underlying medical conditions so she, um, you know, she never had like asthma or, you know, any of these other chronic illnesses. I mean, I, I can't even remember if she's even had an ear infection before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, my being a pediatrician, I I had always tried to look look towards uh, her health and make sure that thing, you know, everything was optimal in terms of taking care of her. Um, <clears throat> and so that year particularly happened to be a very um, difficult flu season. I know it's hard to think back pre-COVID of yeah. what was going on, but if you remember the the, the, the winter of 2019, um, a lot of people were getting um, hit with a flu, yeah. uh, and particularly more ill with a flu. Anyway, so my daughter, she, um, she'd been on, she, she was a junior at uh, Bishop Lynch. Uh, she was on the drill team. Uh, she was on, you know, multiple uh, honor societies of Bishop Lynch, and she, she really was um, uh, developing into a, you know, a, a fine young lady. And I have to admit, she was developing uh, very much a part of uh, being being a, a, a authentic Catholic. Yeah. Um, she had just she had just gone to the Pines. Uh, she uh, she talked a lot about how uh, her experience in the summer at the Pines really had uh, changed her faith. Um, um, and and how um, she uh, she had recently gone to their their winter winter program uh, at the Pines. I think I think it was called Renew. Um, so 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 those things you know her her Catholic faith was was important to her. Um, and so basically in the fall of 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 uh, you know in the winter of 2019, uh, she she did get the flu shot and. Um, uh, and what what ended up happening is that um, 
right after um, uh, it was it was it was January, um, and this all had taken place right after like you know she was a junior and we had gone through the process of of starting to go through um, look at look at colleges. Um, we had recently took a visit to Texas A and M. Um, and I really like Texas A&M mainly because of St. Mary's yeah, and the program that they have there and how a lot of, uh, so, so much their devotion to the Eucharist and their, um, how the, the kind of enthusiasm for Cap for the Catholic faith they had at Texas A&M. Um, and then we went to Notre Dame, which is my alma mater. Uh, and I have to say that the, the enthusiasm for Catholicism, although it would, it's not as great as at Texas A and M, but <laughs> I would have, I would have, you know, speaking as a as a graduate of Notre Dame, but I I I liked Notre Dame as well. So we had all that looking to look forward to for her senior year. Mm. So in January January ninth of of twenty twenty, uh, she developed a fever at about ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, she had gone to Bishop Lynch, and she was—I mean, she was she was doing fine the night before. She had uh, gone through uh, the her uh, the brigade dance practices with dance practice, which brigade is the drill team of Bishop Lynch, and they had gone through an intense session of of practice. And but she got through it, and then the next day she got a fever, and uh, ten o'clock the nurse calls my wife and says. Uh, she has a high fever, and so immediately when my wife told me, I said, "Okay, we got to check for the flu, because we have so much flu going around." So we took her in um, at about noontime. Uh, she got tested for the flu. Um, she was flu positive, and we did a strep test, which was negative, which was significant, which I'll t- talk about later. Um, so we put her on Tamiflu, which is the new medications for flu, which you're supposed to take. She got started on that. Um, she at about uh, she went through the rest of her day and she was doing okay. Uh, she was still having fever, not feeling as well. But at eleven o'clock at night, I checked on her to see how she's doing. And you know, as you would think most teenagers would be doing at eleven o'clock at night, um, and they happen to be done with their homework, she would be texting and Snapchatting, which is what. Mm-hmm. What a lot of teenagers would do. So at 11 o'clock, I said, Reese, it's too late. You shouldn't be on Snapchat. She had a limit on Snapchat. Um, she had a limit on texting. I said, give me your phone. So I took her phone and go to sleep. So she went to sleep. The next day, I had thought that um, if she's not feeling well, she can stay home. Um, if, if she's feeling well, she can go. She can go. But So then I check her at 7 in the morning. And... Um, you know, a lot of my patients who have the flu, they, you know, they're they have round the clock fever. They're lethargic. They <clears throat> talk about how much they're in pain. Um, they can barely get up. So I talked to her. I said, "How are you? How are you feeling?" And she's like, "Eh, feeling okay, but it hurts." You know, she, she told me, and uh, she 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 wasn't having fever at night, and. Right when she told me that her chest hurt in the back of my mind, which I know most most people don't know, but I know as a pediatrician that one of the things that can happen 
which can be catastrophic, is that if you have the flu, you can get a superimposed pneumonia, which can be catastrophic and lead to death. Hmm. Okay, so I knew that at 7 in the morning. So then I said, okay, well, let me check and see what this chest pain is all about. So I, so I got my stethoscope and I listened to her lungs. Um, I didn't hear like the typical you know, crackles that you might hear on exam and she wasn't breathing fast. Um, and, um, you know, she was barely even coughing. Um, and, you know, you know, kids with pneumonia, they're typically they're high fever and they're breathing fast and you can hear something on exam. But, but when I pressed on her, like below her rib cage, she, she said it hurt. So I thought, okay, lots of times when you cough, that's what causes the, the, the chest pain. And I apologize. And I think I'm getting a little bit technical here, but anyways, <laughs> hey, I, you're I, a doctor. I, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way I talk. I apologize. Anyway, so I thought she was fine. I said, Reese, the last thing I ever said to her, Reese, I think you're going to be fine. Uh, Just pray that God will help you um, get better. So uh, anyways, so I went went to work. She stayed at home. And so then my my wife uh, took care of her. And um, she still didn't feel well. So, you know, she, she was just doing her homework. And so my wife, uh, about 10 o'clock, um, she's just spending time with her. And so, so they, they prayed the rosary and then, um, uh, they, uh, decided, you know, she would, in a lot of times they, they spent time together, like watching videos and things like that. Well, mm-hmm. the thing that came up on her kind of on her phone was, I think it was someone sent her a link to, uh, something from Jose, St. Jose Maria Scrivia. Um, and it was a meditation that he had done called Time is a Treasure. And it was Jose Maria Escriva's meditation on the ten bridesmaids who were waiting for their groom. Mm. And if you remember, you know, five of them had uh, their oil, kept their oil prepared, and five of them um, weren't. And so when the groom came, the, you know, the five that had kept that were prepared were ready. The five that weren't, you know, they, they were asking for oil from the ones who 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 were prepared for the groom. <clears throat> so, you know, so the that story was more about how time is a treasure that you should use your time uh wisely um for for God. But ironically, um you know, that was a story of, of you know about being prepared to meet your maker. And so ironically, that was the last thing that my my wife um read to my daughter um and by then, she said that her her pain was 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 worse, um, and so my wife said, "Well, have you have you taken a shower yet? So why don't you go take a shower?" So she got up, she took a shower. Um, she still had enough energy to go up and take a shower, and then she went back to her bed. And then my wife said, "I don't think you've eaten anything. Let me." And this was ten o'clock, so let me go down and make you some soup. So she went down to make her some soup, um, and then she went back up to her room. She, um, kitchen's downstairs and the bedroom's on the second floor. So she went up and by then my, uh, she found Reese who wasn't breathing. Um, she had stopped breathing. And so she, um, she called 911. Uh, she tried to do CPR. Um, and then my uh then she called the ambulance and the ambulance came to to take her uh well tried to revive her and she had no heart rate 
Uh, and then at, at that point, she called me uh, frantically, and I couldn't. And ironically, at the time, what I was doing was uh, I had a meeting to try to figure out at my office at Parkland how can we, uh, you know, arrange things so that we could see more flu patients. Mm. And um, right then, she she told me that Reese doesn't have a heart rate. That the ambulance was there, and at that point, it. You know, a thought had crossed my mind that uh, honestly had never crossed my mind before and that a, a child of mine could die mm. and a child of mine would, would, would pass away. It passed away. It never, ever, ever even crossed my mind. Yeah. But yeah. I knew that, that if you have the flu and if you get a pneumonia, it's just immediate, like catastrophic death. Yeah. And so it crossed my mind that that was going on and that was what was happening to to my to my own child. Oh, that is so tragic. So, yeah. So that's so so that's that's what happened. And the thing is is that at ten o'clock that she 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 was able to get up and take a shower, but at eleven o'clock she wasn't breathing. Uh the ambulance took her to the hospital. Um and I won't go into the details of what happened, but basically, um, after they tried to revive her, she, uh, they, the doctor, and they, they did everything because they knew I was, I was a pediatrician, so I was there, and so the doctor said they did everything, but they, they could not, they could not revive her. Mm. Um, late, later, the, <clears throat> later the, the um, autopsy, um, and this is, this is pre-COVID, so this is pre-March, but. Um, when they did the autopsy, uh, the CDC wanted to uh, get some of the samples of the of her her tissue, and what they found out was she did have flu B, uh, and then she did have a, a a pneumonia on top of it from strep. Um, so, um, so it kind of makes you wonder that the if if she her, her you know, when you do a, a strep test, they do a, a, a swab of your throat, yeah. and the initial test comes back in like 20 minutes, but hers was negative. Mm. So it makes you, you know, makes you kind of wonder, well, what if, what if it was positive, and then start her on antibiotics? But yeah, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, um, ultimately, that- it was it was. Yeah, it was fate. What was going to happen? Yeah, gosh, and so to happen so quickly like that, uh, you know, within within a day uh, of your first noticing that that she had the fever. Doctor Caesar Termilo is my my guest, uh, associate director, uh, medical director at Parkland Hospital, and a local pediatrician as well. I, I want to get into the details of the uh, Reese Termilo Memorial Scholarship, but uh, before that, if we can just talk for a few minutes about how you, your wife, I know you have other children, uh, how are y'all coping? It's been uh, over a, over two years now since she passed away. Her her class graduated from Bishop Lynch, and there's you know uh, uh, a little bit about the, the the process, the suffering. How how has it been for y'all? Um, <clears throat> you know, since it's two years, in, in many ways it seems like it's been forever um, since the last time I saw her. But in many ways, it seems like just a, a second ago. Uh, that it happened. So I, I, I realized that I'm still in this process of, you know, of, of healing. Um, and so a, a lot of it to me, when, when this happened, uh, so, so much of this, when, when this happens to, I, I think for anyone, the first thing you think about is your relationship 
with God. Yeah. Okay. Just like I mean, you think about uh, Abraham and his his and 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 you know, I, I thought a lot about Abraham and and Isaac and how God offered a way out when uh, when he was you know God asked Abraham to to sacrifice his his child, but in in the end he provides a ram, right? To, so Abraham got an Isaac. I mean, I'm sorry, Abraham got a ram to um, so that he didn't have to sacrifice his child. So then naturally one would think, okay, well, why didn't this happen for me? You know, why, yeah. didn't, why didn't I get a ram for for my child? So I, I think one thing is that, um, you know, in, in, in the beginning I was kind of in shock. Um, thankfully, so many in the Catholic community was there for me. Uh, St. Thomas was was so wonderful. Um, she went to St. Thomas for middle school, so so many of uh, the St. Thomas community was there for me and offered me support. Uh, we had these this nine-day novena, and almost everyone at the school was there. Um, <clears throat> Bishop Lynch was great too. Uh, Chris Rebuck, the president of Bishop Lynch, has been has been wonderful for us. Um, so. You know, I think the biggest thing is 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 that in the very beginning it was re- it was really the the it was really the church that that really kept me going. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I was I was praying in front of <clears throat> at St. Thomas they have a they have a statue of the Pietà, and um, and Bishop Burns actually called me on my cell phone just said saying that he was he was praying for me. Um, so really in the very beginning it was it was really. Um, the church, the the St. Thomas, uh, Bishop Lynch, um, being involved in the Catholic Physicians Guild, um, the <clears throat> Catholic Filipino group that I'm part of called Missionary Families for Christ, um, all those groups really, really just offered the support that, that I needed. So when I had, when we did have this nine-day novena after it happened, um, I really, um, I, I really, a lot of people expected me to be crying, but but really, um, the support of the church and the community around me um, kept me from from going into despair. Yeah. So, um, so I think one thing that's that's so important is that uh, the church is always there um, to to support you and to and to keep you going. And so that was one of the, the biggest things that that I got and I learned just initially after what happened. And then. Yeah. After that, it was you know it's been a lot of prayer and it's been a lot of you know trying to understand my relationship with God a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, you know, so during this journey that I've been on, you know, a lot of it is kind of this understanding about God's relationship with me and you know how does it's kind of like Job. How does how how does how how does God let something bad happen to right. you? Um, not not that I can you know, equate myself to Job suffering or I can equate, equate myself to like a biblical character, but, um, you know, it, it helps, it, it, it makes one wonder a lot about suffering and why does suffering happen in the world and how does, how does, um, your relationship with God, um, become modified, uh, uh in suffering. So that, that's a lot of what my prayer life has been about. Let's, uh, if, uh, uh Dr. Cesar Tremulo is my guest, uh, speaking about the, the loss of his daughter, Reese Tremulo, back on January 10th of 2020. 
Um, and he serves as a local pediatrician, associate medical director of Parkland Hospital as well. I, I, I want to, in the time remaining, um, speak about the memorial scholarship that has been set up at Bishop Lynch for Reese. And I think it's just so beautiful because through her passing, you know, other students can be blessed. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about this and how they can, you know, what 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 are your the needs right now? Because obviously people have to give towards this so that families can be blessed, students can be blessed. What what are the details? Yeah. So um, we're starting a Reese Termula Memorial Scholarship, um, and what we'll be doing is that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kick off with an online rosary, um, and then at the online rosary, um, we'll be praying the rosary, and then we will um, announce the Reese Tremilla Memorial Scholarship. For those of you who read the the um, Dallas Morning News article that we had that that was on the front page on uh, on uh, the February twentieth. Um, it mentioned it. There, there wasn't a link, but if you Google Reese Termula Memorial Scholarship, it's like the the it's probably like the third or fourth thing that's listed. Or, or if you put Reese Termula Memorial Scholarship in news, it's the um, the Dallas Morning News article comes up. And so if you Google it, you can go there to the website where one can donate. Um, so our our plan is to to try to be able to allocate uh, scholarships to, especially for children. Um, we haven't come up with exact details, but um, I'm thinking um, scholarships for especially um, children in South Dallas to be able to go to Bishop Lynch. Um, since I practice in South Dallas, I know it's not always easy to get a an, an, an education that's in a, a, um, a safe environment, but also a, a faith-based environment. And although I think a lot of families would be interested in that and we'd, would be seeking that, um, so um, so uh, the the plan is to be able to have a, a scholarship um, for those students. Um, you know, Pope John Paul talked about how through um, suffering, um, if we can unite our suffering to the cross of Christ, it, it, it's united with the redemptive power of the cross. And so, so there's actually redemptive meaning in suffering. And so that's, that's kind of how I see this scholarship, that uh, through suffering there, there can be redemption from it. And so from that, I'm, from this, the, the, for Reese's death, I'm hoping that one thing it'll do is allow to uh, provide scholarships and, and a Catholic education for more children yes. down the road. Uh, just have two minutes uh, remaining here uh, with Dr. Cesar Tormulo. I want to make sure that we get as much information about this as possible. Uh, so people can do a search for Reese Tormulo Memorial Scholarship, R-E-E-S-E, and then T-E-R-M-U-L-O, Memorial Scholarship. Do you think that you'll be granting a scholarship in like fall of 2022 or, or how, and, and can, can families be considering applying for these scholarships already or is it too soon for that? I, I can't really say. It depends how um, much is raised. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure about I think 2022 would be too soon, but I think um, um, it re- I think it really just depends on how much is raised, and I'm not a financial person. So <laughs> I can't really say when when that occurs. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. And so uh, donations of any size, uh, people, you know, no, no, nothing's too small, nothing's too large. Is that right? If they just want to put money towards it, then, uh, right. then, then you'd be, you'd welcome that very much. Right. And you could do it, you could do a credit card and I'm doing like a monthly thing. So it doesn't have to be all at once. So it's basically up to you and just know that it'll be going to, to people. I'm, I'm looking for <coughs> to be able to provide scholarships to, 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 uh, needy children. Okay. Uh, to, to get a Catholic education. And uh, and the the online rosary, can you give the specifics? What time and day will that be again? Yeah, it'll be March 27th, um, and that's that's a Sunday, so it'll be have to be in the afternoon because that's because we'll be going to Mass in the morning. So probably about 3 o'clock. Um, it'll be a Zoom, um, and then I'll have the link probably posted. Uh, maybe it'll be on the scholarship, but I'll also try to put it on my Facebook page which is which is open it's it's public so one one could also um be a part of it then and i think i'm gonna get chris rebuck to speak at that as well oh wow and uh, i know there's uh there's a website bishoplynch.org forward slash reese termulo and people can go and find out about the reese termulo memorial scholarship there as well uh bishoplynch.org forward slash reese termulo uh gosh the time has escaped Dr. Termulo, I, I wish we had more time, but th- thank you very much, and um, sure. our prayers go with you. I know it, it never, you know, the, the, the pain never goes away, but also the joy of this beautiful young lady who you were able to, to raise for uh, 16 years, and now you have a, a great advocate <laughs> uh, uh, for uh, us down here in the, in the Valley of, uh, of Tears. Um, so, so thank you for your time. Uh, God bless you. I know we were going to mention the Do No Harm conference on March 26th. We ran out of time for that, but if people want to learn about that, they can go to do no harm conference.org, uh, Catholic approach to sexual identity, which, uh, Dr. Termulo and the, uh, Catholic Medical Guild of Dallas are, are sponsoring along with the CPLC. Uh, thank you, Dr. Termulo. Great speaking with you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. And this has been the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Thank you very much uh, for listening and also for uh, supporting the Reese Termulo Memorial Scholarship. God bless you. St. Anne's Parish in Coppell welcomes Lisa Brinkemeyer, Catholic speaker and founder of Walking with Purpose, a national Catholic women's Bible study ministry, to an evening night out for women of all ages. Walking with Purpose Live is coming to the Dallas-Fort Worth area Thursday, May 5th, and registration is now open. Lisa will touch your heart with her talk, Alleluia Anyway, discovering good despite anxiety as she walks us through handling anxiety and equips us in moving forward to a place of emotional rest and spiritual security. Events sell out quickly. Visit walkingwithpurpose.com. Click on shop, then click on events. Welcome to this very special edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And as I always say, you know, we talk about a lot of different topics on this program, and most of them are not as serious and as urgent as the conversation that we're going to have now over these next 20 minutes or so. I want to thank my uh, dear friend Elizabeth Victory from uh, Cleburne, uh, from St. John Vianney Parish there, along with her husband Joel, who uh, have put me in touch with uh, a wonderful priest uh, who uh, uh, oversees a congregation of the re- resurrection in Vienna, Austria. His name is Father Zygmunt Voss, and he is Polish. And uh, one of the things that he's doing right now that we're going to speak about is uh, he is helping to um, uh, give humanitarian aid and food and clothing and medical supplies to the literally millions of Ukrainians who are flooding into uh, Poland right now. And so uh, St. John Vianney Parish 
has set up a fund if you uh, feel inclined to help uh, Father uh, Voss with his uh, effort there in in uh, Poland helping these Ukrainian people. And I'll tell you more information about how you can do that once we get into the conversation. But uh, And I, I understand, Father, um, you, your, your nickname is Father Ziggy. So uh, is it okay for me to call you Father Ziggy? Is that all right? Yeah. It's it's all right. It's all right. And my colleague says to me, they say, they, they they say to me, Ziggy or Ziggy, that's okay. That's nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, so, I, I want obviously we want to talk about the situation because you've been right there on the ground in Poland as these refugees from Ukraine are coming in. I want to talk about that, but a little bit about yourself because. Uh, you, you've lived in America. I think you ran a church, you, um, oversaw a church in Chicago for 10 years, a Polish parish. And, uh, you also have a connection to Cleburne, Texas, right here in the Fort Worth Diocese. Can, can you tell us about your connection to America and also the, um, the victories and uh, Michael and Catherine, uh, Fayani? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I was sent uh, through my congregation to, to Chicago in 1981 because we have uh, many parishes in Chicago and uh, the, the, these are uh, American parishes but, but in these parishes live uh, lots of Polish people. Yeah, uh, Chicago is the second uh, Polish uh, city in the world where live so many people. The first is Warsaw, and the second one is the Chicago. Wow! So that's why we were sent from a few priests to help our American brothers, because because the shortage of priests in, in the priest in Chicago, and because we we have to take care of the pastoral. Uh, our people uh, from Poland, because that time was a lot of refugees from Poland to U.S., of course. Yes. That's why we were sent over there. And I believe you've known the Victories and the Fianis for uh, decades now, so, so uh, 30, close to 30 years, is that right? Right, right. Because I, because I was in Chicago, so we went to, the, we organized pilgrimage to, to Metrogoria, and I met them it's this, uh, the two families in, in Metrogoria. So we probably spent uh, 10 days over there to, to pray, to, 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 to visit some places. And, uh, friendship was pretty, pretty, pretty nice. And, and, and from that time, we try to meet each other you know, every, every five, every three years or so. So, so I so I, I went sometimes over there. They went sometimes to Europe, and and the friendship is growing up. So yes, it's, it's, yes. It's short history. Yeah. Right, uh, and the congregation <clears throat> of the Resurrection in Vienna uh, is. Tell us about that congregation and how you are connected. Obviously, you're Polish, but how that congregation is connected to the situation that's going on in Poland right now with uh, this influx of refugees from Ukraine. No, naturally, of course, we we have a lots of priests in Poland and a lots of diocese, and uh, <clears throat> as a congregation, we we work also in Ukraine. So uh, um, uh, after 1990, 
after collapsing this uh, this uh, m- military blocks, uh, uh, Ukraine was pretty open for 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 priests because uh, because fifty years any priest from Poland uh, can go to the to the over there to the Ukraine or White Russia or or, or, or Russia, but after 1990. We will be uh, the, 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 the the border was were open and uh, slowly some priests are going over there to 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 work to work among Polish people too over there because the lots of Poles live in Ukraine and lots of Poles live in White Russia, so that's uh, our congregation went to Lviv because. For for World War II, we have over there many parishes, not only in Lviv, but but uh, also in, in other cities. So we went back over there, and we we stay till today. So five priests work in Lviv and Sambor. Okay. And they they, 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 they came not back to Poland right now. They they want to stay over there with the people and in this that, situation. And that's in Ukraine. Can you kind of paint a picture for when you communicate perhaps to these priests who are still in Ukraine? What What is it like there? We Here in America, we're so far away, so we're so far removed. What What is the, 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 the level of, uh, I, I guess, anxiety, of terror, of just, I've got to get out of here? What, 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 are, what, are, they, what are they telling you is going on right now in we, Ukraine? We spoke, uh, we spoke with them uh, for two days via Skype, and we noticed they are very concerned and they, um, I don't want to say they, they are afraid, but, but, but they are very concerned because uh, they heard uh, the, 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 the sirens. The, they, 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 they are not uh, sure if the, is the military, uh, the, the Russian soldiers uh, will come to, 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 to the cities or not. But I, I heard today that they were already uh, today uh, the alarm no alarm in only 75 kilometers from from Polish border yes so the the danger is is pretty pretty big and there are lots of people lots of refugees they are coming from to to Polish border through these cities especially through Lviv. And so they, they, they have to take care of this, those people too. So, but they are concerned about people. They are less concerned about uh, themselves, I think. Yes. I've, I've heard estimates of, you know, up to a million uh, Ukrainians have already crossed into Poland and there might be, you know, another million or two that are coming. What, what is it like on mm-hmm. the ground there? And obviously you must be working with the Polish government or have some kind of uh, permission to be helping these folks. What, 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 describe what it's like on the border of Poland and Ukraine as these, these uh, refugees seek, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a safer place to live. No, uh, till 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 today, till this hour, because uh, I I have to I have to uh, also um, say, uh, no. At the outset, I must say that, that the Polish president had just spoken in the Polish Parliament for a few minutes, and 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 after him, 
for five minutes, about uh, ten minutes ago, was speaking was spoke the, the the president of Ukraine. So we have uh, right now a good connection, because I think Polish people realized that 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 we are we are neighbor. We are neighbor for Ukraine, and we have to open our hearts. So the people were open. They not not only the hearts, but not only money, but they they open also their houses. On and, and right now, of the border from from Poland is the thousands of refugees. And the third today, the third today is one million, one and a half million. So they are staying over there. They 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 they, they, they the volunteers. They try to try to give them something to eat, something to to drink. They have to a little bit rest, and then we are looking that many people come that they come to the border to the border and take these people to their homes. Mm. Everywhere in Poland, for example, our congregation took already 70 refugees to our houses, to the rectories, and to the retreat houses, to the whatever whatever we find the place for them. Also, our parish hall and so on. So, right now, the situation of the border is very, how you say. Very, it, 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 it's pretty tough because because we have n- never so many so many refugees in two in two weeks. So in two weeks, Poland become 1.5 million refugees. So, so, so I think this is for for us. It's very very difficult situation too. Yes, and we don't know how many. How many weeks they will stay? So we 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 think they will stay till till six months or or more. That does depend how 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 uh, no depend uh, when the war with 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 end. Yeah. Yes, Father Zygmunt Wawas is my guest. Uh, he's a Catholic priest. He oversees a congregation of the Resurrection in Vienna, Austria. Uh, he is Polish-born, and uh, he is uh, working to help the refugees who are fleeing war-torn Ukraine coming into Poland, as he said, already a million and a half of them as of the time of this uh, recording. Uh, Father, you mentioned food. Obviously, that's the most important thing. Uh, what are the other needs of the the, the refugees? Uh, when if people are able to support this effort, uh, how would that money be spent? Or what, what what are the greatest needs? No, the greatest needs is this, of, uh, of course the places where, where when they when they can a little bit is spend the time with their families. With the, with the kids, the, 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 the usually the mother with 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 kids because because they have no place in the Ukraine. So we try to help them to 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 find a place. So so we open everything for, for what we have. Also also uh, many many orders, many many families in in Poland. And, and we try to help those people because, of course, first week, 
two weeks is okay. But 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 when we uh, think that they that they will stay so many weeks, so many months by, by us, so we have to support them and we have to find out a little bit money that to to, to buy for to, to to support those families who 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 who, to, who uh, donated their place. For, for, for those people. So we, 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 we try to, to buy the medical supplies. We, we try to, to, to buy the clothes. We try to buy advice to, to the food and, and so on. So everything what we need in our uh, the daily life in our uh, homes that I think Yes. So we have to support these people. And I understand it's also extremely cold. Is that a factor? And uh, obviously the, the people need to stay warm. You need, need some jackets. Or is the, is the weather uh, pretty uh, bitterly cold right now? They, no, we have about zero. So today is the three, three, three Celsius. This is, I think it's 35 Fahrenheit. So it's cold. It's cool. But, but I think that they, they need to every day through many, many months support. So. Yes. Uh, let me give out the contact information because we are asking folks here in North Texas to donate through St. John Vianney Parish in Cleburne. Uh, that's where our friends Elizabeth and Joel Victory are parishioners, and she brought this to my attention. Uh, the, the, the website is stjohnvianneycleburne.com stjohnvianneycleburne.com There's a special button that says Ukraine Refugees in Poland and you can click on that and donate. Uh, You can also uh, mail checks to Pinnacle Bank Cleburne and there's also a phone number uh, which is uh, 817-558-2518, 817-558-2518, or you can uh, also contact uh, an email address, uh, stjohnvianneycleburn at yahoo.com. So a lot of ways to give, and, um, uh, and, and, and Father, clearly those listening right now, you would suggest that they, they make donations, and uh, I guess as soon as possible, right? Right, right, right. No, no. The people who 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 are who, who are guesting, so, so who 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 took the refugees, they need that. They need help, of course. So so we try to organize uh, also in Vienna um, many donations, and we send over there. Uh, clothes and and, and and medical supplies and so on and we we also collected we also uh, they, they, they they donated also lots of lots of um, no money for for them so i have to say that the polish people especially polish people but also austrian people they 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 try to help them and and we 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 have to do this every day not not only one one week or there so we have to we have, we have to see these people that that, we, that that those people need help through many 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 days in this, this year uh, Father, being Polish yourself, I'm just interested in knowing for you and other folks that remember what happened. Uh, previously, back at the time of World War II, when you know the the, the Soviet Union was in, invading countries, does this bring back a lot mm-hmm. of 
uh, bad memories to people, uh, create a lot of anxiety? And might there also be a sense that Russia won't stop just with Ukraine and that other countries might uh, be in danger of invasion as well? Of course, of course. You know, after World War II, we are not free country. We have uh, uh, Russian, uh, no, we have got communist government through 50 years after war. We have uh, uh, the Russian soldiers in, 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 in Poland. So we didn't have, uh, no, we didn't have uh, free, free too much freedom. We have to fight for freedom. The church in Poland through 50 years has, has, has a terrible time. Not as terrible, for, for example, uh, as uh, in Czechoslovakia or, or in Russia, but we, we have a hard time. So, uh, <clears throat> of course, the people in Russia, Russian people, Russian people, they are okay. They are, they, they are friendly people. But the problem is with the government, with the politics. And then so, so we, we are, of course, we are concerned that, that uh, Russia will not invade Poland. So uh, God, uh, God, thanks to God that we, we are in NATO. So we, 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 we need NATO and we are in NATO. We are members of NATO. That, that's, that's for, for Poland, for this country, like, uh, like Lithuanian and Estonian and so on, Lettland is, is very important. And Ukraine uh, has a good time that, that last uh, maybe 10, 10, 20 years. They are growing up, but, 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 but they are, they were, they were expected that they, they, they expected that, that Russia is, is, is dangerous. But they are, I think they are not expected that it would be so it's a terrible war. The, 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 the children are, are, are the, the, the children, the, the, the cities, homes, schools, and hospitals, uh, they, they, they continuing to bombard. And, 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 uh, and the, the over there is shortage of food, medicine, and electricity, and, and, and thousands of trapped civilians are still hoping to escape through safe corridors. But it, with Russia to, to, to talk about the co- safe corridors is also very difficult. And many people are, were already were killed. They were on the way to Poland, mm-hmm. and they were killed. Yes. For example, in our parish in Gdańsk, is the one family, uh, not family. There are two families, but but one of them is the the the, the, the daughter, daughter, and two, the, the brothers and sisters. The daughter has eighteen, and then the the, 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 the parents were killed on the way to Poland. Mm, man, that is horrible. And they horrible. came alone. So it's horrible situation. Under those situations, many situations. I was in Krakow, so for for three days I I, I visited my, my my friends. They have small hotel, and they are waiting. They have already thirty people over there. They waiting for a sixteen from Zhitomir, the the, the 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 city in in Ukraine, and they were they already has uh, the photos for their uh, passport and. They came not. They they didn't come because six of them were killed by Russia, by yeah. Russian military. Yes. Well, Father. And that uh, was the, 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 
Yeah, th- th- thank right. you. We uh, unfortunately we're out of time. I just want to give out the information again for those here in uh, North Texas who are able to help this uh, cause. We've been speaking to Father Zygmunt Voss, uh, who is a Catholic priest overseeing mm-hmm. a congregation of the Resurrection in Vienna, Austria, and Saint John Vianney Catholic. Thanks for listening to KATH nine ten AM Frisco Dallas Fort Worth in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.